What comes to mind when you hear the word adulting? I asked some of y'all this question before, and here is what you had to say. Taxes, bills, houses, marriage, being independent, managing things your parents used to do for you, maturity, finances, and this is my personal favorite, (laughs) nothing good and everything hard. (laughs) That is incredibly relatable. But what about the things we don't typically think of? Right? What about the things that set us up for success as an adult to better handle all of those topics? When Isaiah and I sat down this summer to create our curriculum, we landed on the idea of talking about a few things that we wish we would have been better at in college that would have helped us be more successful in post-grad life. That is what this series is all about, adulting. We want to debunk myths surrounding some of the most important parts of adulting and help set you up for success because we all want to adult well, right? I think what we're talking about tonight is one of the most important and foundational parts of becoming a mature person. This is something I personally struggled a lot with in college and found to set me back in my adjustment to post-grad life. I also know that there is zero chance I will be able to fully unpack this topic in just a brief message. So let this just be the beginning of a conversation to lay the framework for you. Now here's what I'm gonna ask of you. I have a feeling that you may be tempted to brush off this conversation. Maybe you've heard this talked about a ton, but I want you to lean in, listen with an open mind, and genuinely reflect on how this applies to your life. Because if you can become someone who does this thing well, I promise you will benefit greatly. So I'm going to pray and then let's dive in. Father, I just lift up these students that have showed up here tonight, God, I pray over each and every one of them. I pray that this message would um, not be my words, but would be your words and that they would have ears to hear from you clearly, to hear whatever you are nudging of them, Lord. I just pray that they receive that. God, I thank you for this space. I thank you for this ministry and the blessing it is to be a part of this community. Lord, we love you so much and we're grateful for your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible or the Bible app, go ahead and open up to Genesis 1, the very first page of your Bible. We are going back to the beginning. It says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, you probably know how the story goes on, right? God creates the sky and the water. He separates them. He creates the land and the seas. He creates the sun, the stars, the moon. He creates the birds and the animals that crawl. Why am I telling you this story? We'll look at it again, right? What is actually happening? God is taking a disordered space and creating order. And he creates order by separating and defining lines between each thing. 
You see, the seas end at the edge of the land. The birds fly in the air and the animals crawl on the ground. The sky ends at the horizon. Day starts with a sunrise, it ends with a sunset. The moon starts in the night and ends with the day. The sun starts in the day and ends with the night. Now, what about God himself? The Godhead, the Trinity. Even God himself lives in community in harmony through defined lines. You have God the Father, who's the visionary, the grand planner, the sustainer, the master of salvation, which is God's will. Then you have God the Son, who implements this plan, who implements God's will. Showing up on earth as Jesus, God the Son makes the plan of salvation even possible for us. And then you have God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who convicts, empowers, counsels, guides, and comforts us to be able to equip us to walk in and be aware of the will of God. Even God, the Trinity, exists knowing where one starts and the other begins. Jesus knew where his authority started and stopped. His clear line was being the bridge between us and the Father. Jesus was obedient to God the Father's will. Jesus came down to earth to be a visible image of God the Father. Now, God the Father knew his start and end as the provider and sustainer. God the Father couldn't come down to earth or we would literally die just by seeing him. That was God the Father's clear line. And then the Holy Spirit's clear line is moving amongst us, enabling us to walk in God's will. The Trinity exists in harmony, knowing the lanes, the clear lines that define where the Father, Spirit, and Son start and end. Now go back to the creation story. What does God say about all of creation? What did he say about the order, about defining where things start and end. God says it was good. It was good. Now I told you I had something very important for you, something that is so incredibly essential for adulting well. And then I come up here and I read you Genesis 1 and describe to you the Trinity. (laughs) These don't seem to be correlating. Why am I telling you this? Why are we looking at the story? I think if we are honest with ourselves and with what I just read to you, when we look at the creation story, there is a very clear line of where things start and where things end. When we look at the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, there is a clear line where God the Father, where the Holy Spirit and God the Son start. So my question and what I'm asking you is this, why would that be any different for us? Why would it be any different for us? Do you think it's different for us? Let's go back to the creation story. We're going to be in verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Why would this be any different for us? It's not. 
every section of the creation story so far, there is a clear line of where things start and where they end. And God says we are made in his own image and likeness. And it would be a shame if I let you leave here as an adult, graduate and step into the post-grad world without you having a very clear defined line of where you start and where you end. Some of you may know where I'm going with this and some of you may be right. This concept of where things start and where things end is what we often describe as boundaries. Now, as soon as I said that word, I bet a couple things came to mind because I think a lot of times when we think of boundaries, we believe two myths. The first one, that boundaries are restrictive. We think of rules, things that prevent fun and enjoyment. And then we think boundaries are selfish. We want to be selfless, caring people, right? And we have this idea that boundaries will stop us from being that. At different times in my college experience, I believed both of these myths about boundaries. I believed if I took care of myself, I would be seen as selfish or antisocial. I believed if I set limits, if I defined the lines of where I started and where I ended, I would miss out. I wouldn't be seen as fun or I'd be rejected. I believed both of these lies. If you're sitting here still thinking boundaries sound like something your parents have lectured you on or you've heard preached aggressively at church or whatever the case may be, I want to read you something. This is Psalm 19, verse 7 through 9. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever, and the decrees of the Lord are firm. All of them are righteous. You see, boundaries aren't about keeping X, Y, or Z out. Boundaries are about keeping joy and light and trust and confidence in. I want you to think of it this way. This perfect pink circle over here represents you living a boundary-defined life. God's original design of creation was to bring order to a chaotic space, to define where one thing begins and ends. And God said it was good. God's intent of boundaries isn't supposed to be mean and restrictive. It's supposed to make us whole. When we do not have a clear understanding of where we start and end as individual people, we're left to either overextend ourselves or settle for less. Every time you commit to another organization or committee or event without clear boundaries, you overextend yourself. When you triple major only because everyone else does, you end up pulling all-nighters more than you ever actually sleep. You overextend yourself and you end up exhausted. When you ignore physical boundaries and relationships too early, you settle for less than God intended. When you let fear or insecurity prevent you from accepting invitations to hang out with people, you settle for less and you end up lonely. 
When you keep spending more time with people that you have to pretend around than people that genuinely build you up, you settle for less. What was once this perfect circle is now this jumbled up mess. A boundaryless life leads us to feel anxious, stressed, overwhelmed, empty, lonely. But when we set boundaries around our time, around our bodies, around our energy, around our relationships, around our friendships, we slowly grow towards wholeness. Boundaries aren't about saying no to partying. It's not about saying no to friends. It's not about saying no to intimate relationships. It's not even about saying no to being involved on campus. It's about saying yes to wholeness. It's about saying no to things that drain your energy, steal your joy, and leave you feeling empty so you can say yes to things that encourage you, support you, and build you up. It's about saying yes to community, to prayer, to reading your Bible, to getting plugged into this ministry. What if we reframed how we thought about boundaries? What if we believed the truth that knowing where we start and where we end is good? What if we embraced God's intent and slowly but surely moved towards wholeness? My guess is we would no longer be adults who are deeply concerned about FOMO, about missing out, or being judged for taking care of ourselves. But we would become people deeply passionate about pursuing wholeness because we know that joy and light and trust and confidence and peace are meant for us. And all of those things are good. That is my prayer for us this week that we would just reflect where can we grow in our understanding of boundaries? Where are boundaries needing to be set in our life? And if you don't know what that means or what that looks like, come talk to us. Think about areas in your life that you're not experiencing joy or light or trust or confidence or peace. And my guess is a boundary being set in that area could help. My prayer is that we would become a community who are deeply passionate about pursuing wholeness. I think this is one way we can get there. Let me pray, and then we'll get into the next part of the night. God, I thank you that you are a God who brings order to chaos, who brings boundaries and a defined line of who we are that is perfectly created in your image. God, I thank you for the example that you set in our lives as a way for us to live in community and harmony with each other and with ourselves. God, I thank you for that. I thank you that you're a God who provides joy and light and peace and hope in our lives. 
Lord, I pray as students leave this room, leave this night, or hear this message later on, that they would hear something from you and they would actually change, that something in their lives would actually be different because of what you are saying to them through this message. Lord, we love you so much and we are so grateful for your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.